That was a wimpy clap on my end. I kind of got my sleeve in it. Well, you know, it's all about the technique. You're really just, a clap is just high-fiving yourself, Holden. It is, and I'm not very good at high-fives either, so. I don't understand the whole look at the elbow technique. I think that is just for people, like, so what I've heard before, that when you go to high-five someone, you're going to have a better high-five if you look at the person's elbow. But that is nonsense. I think that is just for the highly... The highly uncoordinated, because I'm like, no, you look at the hand, make solid high, co- solid contact with the hand, and that will produce a good high five. I'm a pretty good high fiver. I got some pretty big mitts. I can clap really loudly. Nice. Yeah. Don't it's do kind it right of a, now. It's kind of a skill that I have. <laughs> Put it on your resume. Yeah. It's I clap the one loud. skill. It's the, it was at the top of my resume. Hold oh, on. Okay. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. I'm not kidding, Holden. I can clap really loudly. Like, I clap, and I'll get people to turn around and look at me like, hey man, you're, you're clapping really Calm loudly. down. Like, settle down. And then I have a friend who, I swear, his hands are just like oven mitts <laughs> they're just but they're like loud it's just like wow wow it is incredible uh but uh yeah no. uh, enough clapping conversation very nice i'm not a very loud clapper but eh, whatever we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews plural of uh the french dispatch and red notice that one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. So excited to review the Toms this week. Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Yes, the Tom we are reviewing this week is Tom Hardy, and I'm going to give Tom Hardy a Brokaw unless he's in Venom, and then I don't really like him all that much. Yeah, uh, Brokaw overall, though. Good Tom. Well done, Tom Hardy. Yep. Uh, so first off, we have some delays. The first time in a while we have any of these. Um, first up, though, uh, the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie has been delayed indefinitely. <laughs> it was just straight up removed off of the release schedule. Maybe they saw Wonder Woman 1984 and they were like, uh, yikes. Just um, to be clear, it, it hasn't been canceled, but it's it's just weird i don't know if that means like they don't want to make it anymore or if like patty jenkins i mean she has like a couple other movies she's making too so is she still making that cleopatra movie yeah yeah and that was it was that and wonder woman 3 that i saw online was like oh it could be one of these two movies but wonder woman 3 should be wwe and she's just in the wwe that'd be pretty good honestly probably better than 84 um 
Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's kind of nice in a way because it's a like longer gap in between Star Wars movies. I think we just really need a big breather after Rise of Skywalker <laughs> before we start getting into a new a new Star Wars uh, film series. Um, yeah, are they make like the Ryan Johnson trilogy? Is it a thing? Does anybody know? I don't know. <laughs> um. Star Wars, boy, uh, I think they're just going, you know what, let's just make Disney Plus shows for a while. Yeah, I mean, those are, I guess there's only been two that have been released so far, but they seem to be doing well, so. There's been Mandalorian. And the Visions thing. The Visions, oh Star- yeah, that's the right, anime Star thing. Wars Visions, which yeah. I did not watch. I didn't either. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean... Uh, I guess this is a Bergeron. I mean, I would like to see more Star Wars movies, but mm-hmm. I want them to be good. So, yeah. I Bergeron. mean, I, Rogue Squadron does not sound all that interesting to me, if I'm going to be honest. See, I think uh, I think a movie about like a squadron of like X-Wing pilots could be pretty cool, but I don't know. We'll see. Bergeron. Uh, and then Paramount has a couple of their big releases that just got delayed. Um, the new Star Trek movie that we'll never get um, is delayed to December 2023. And to clarify, this is the one directed by the WandaVision director, Matt Shakeman or Shackman, whatever. Because um, there have been so many of these Star Trek movie announcements that it's hard to keep track of which ones are actually happening. But apparently this, this one is. Is this the same continuity as the Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto? It was like un- it was unclear. I The article I clicked on said Star Trek 4, but then... It like in the article it said it's unclear if the if the cast will return or not. So who knows? I really don't understand why they quit making those. I don't either. Was Beyond a flop? No, I think it was the least successful, but it still made money. I yeah no, I mean I liked all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people like Beyond the best. I think it's the weakest in my opinion. But uh, yeah, no, that's a bummer that they haven't made one of those since what was it twenty fifteen uh maybe 2016 i don't know it was a while ago i was definitely in high school at the time (laughs) i think i think you're right i think it was 2016 uh yeah that is a that's a bummer so uh paramount figure it out all right yep chris pine's not getting any younger Mm -hmm. all right bring back william shatner he he literally went to space so he did there you go yeah um Bombadil, because <laughs> I want to. I kind of want a new Star Trek movie. Yeah, Bombadil. Uh, and then the other one, uh, which I'm just, I'm gonna give a bro call right now, is that the new Transformers movie was delayed a whole year. So another year <laughs> of not having to watch a Transformers movie. <laughs> I never did see Bumblebee. It is the best one, but I, it's. I mean, it's still a Transformers movie. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's all right. Yep. All right, uh, uh, Bergeron, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, so getting into the meat of things. Uh, so this week we had Disney Plus Day, which marked the two-year anniversary of Disney Plus being launched. Um, this is kind of a, I mean, I think we maybe brought it up last week on the podcast briefly. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, like, didn't really know what was going to be at it. But there's actually uh, some stuff talked about at it. So we'll get into that. First up. We'll cover all the Marvel stuff that was uh, talked about there. Um, the first thing was that 
Moon Knight got like a 30 second teaser trailer. Did you watch it? I didn't see it, Holden. You did or didn't? I did not. Okay. I I mean, it was basically just Oscar Isaac and he has like voices in his head. He's like going crazy and smashing some stuff, which is the Moon Knight character. He's kind of, he's kind of a crazy person. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, it it looks dark and, and brooding and interesting and it, it looks like it would be really cool if it was like a TVMA show, but we know it's not going to be because it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. But was he hearing humanoid cats singing memories? I don't think all so. All alone in the moon night. That's the oh, name oh of the God. show. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, why are you singing cats? <laughs> Maybe he'll turn out to be a jellical cat. Maybe. I still don't know what it is. Judy Dench, <laughs> is she okay? Did she make it out of there? I don't know. I think they had all those actors hostage, honestly. Uh, but I'll give, I mean, Moon Knight, I think Brokaw, sure. Looks interesting. Yeah, Brokaw. Coming out like vaguely Oscar sometime. Isaac. Coming out vaguely sometime next year. The only thing that we actually got a release window for was the Miss Marvel series, which is coming out in summer of next year. Um... So that's cool. Uh, so we got a couple of new Marvel shows, which we kind of previously, I think we talked about on the podcast, but weren't officially confirmed by Disney. But they were given titles. First up, we have Echo, which is the deaf superhero that is apparently going to be showing up in the Hawkeye series. So I don't, I don't really, I can't remember what her powers are, but we'll see more about Does that. she have some sort of bat sonar? I, I don't think so. Bat sonar. <laughs> I don't think so. AKA echolocation to everyone who is not Jared Leto. Yeah, we were talking about that when we watched the Morbius trailer and that he says bat sonar and he's a doctor, which just doesn't make any sense. Just call it what it is, man. And then the other uh, series was the Agatha Harkness series, which was given the title Agatha House of Harkness. So, yeah. Uh that's a dumb title it is (laughs) and then uh the other preview it was kind of weird they were acting like these were new announcements but we knew all of these were happening previously but i guess they got new logos uh the ironheart series secret invasion she hulk and the groot i am groot animated series thing we're all given new logos whatever uh, but the, the there were a couple new animated Marvel shows that were announced for Disney Plus. A new Spider Man series called Spider Man Freshman Year, which I have beef with because there was this article that I read or if I saw when I was like clicking through stuff that said like <coughs> Tom, it's like buy Tom Holland, you're out of out from being Spider Man or something, and it's just clickbait because it's just talking about this animated Spider Man show that Tom Holland is not going to be voicing. He's not voicing him? No, apparently not. But it was just... <laughs> that article was interesting. Freshman year of high school? I, I don't prequel? know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and then the other animated show was Marvel Zombies. A full full Marvel Zombies show. Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron me. on all that. Uh, one of the more interesting, I guess my last piece of Marvel news is that the '90s X-Men cartoon, which is pretty beloved, I've never, I never really watched it, but it's from that era of like the Batman series and Spider-Man series. I really like, and people seem to like the X-Men one. Anyway, it's being revived at Disney Plus with a 2023 release window. 
So. Nice for the X-Men fans, which yeah. I'm not really one of them, so Bertrand. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... I'll be interested to see if, like, they bring back the art style and everything, how they'll do that, but uh, I'll give it I'll a be interested off. to see if they bring back Sir uh, Patrick Stewart. Probably not. I don't think he voiced <laughs> the professor in the, in the cartoon, but we'll see. Sir uh, Patrick oh, Stewart. And then the Obi-Wan series kind of disappointingly only had like a little behind the scenes look uh, video thing. Um, it wasn't really much beyond like some concept art and some brief interviews with uh, Ewan McGregor and what's her name? the Deborah Chow, the director. Yeah. What would you think of it, though? I don't care, Holden. I am excited for this. <laughs> and uh, that uh, concept art got me excited. Yes, it would have been great to see a trailer. But uh, didn't realize this was coming out 2022. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am that the concept art of Obi Wan fighting Vader. I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I'm trying to figure out if I'm more excited for this or the Batman. I'm very, very excited for both. Probably the Batman still. I think oh, I'm man, more excited I'm, for the Batman. But this is this is pretty cool. Oh man, it. We oh, um, we haven't seen Ewan McGregor fire up a lightsaber since 2005, man. So it's about darn time, I say. Yeah, if you like the prequels, I guess. Yep, Revenge <laughs> of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie. Cringe, but okay. Cringe, Holden. <laughs> Cringe. There's an army of me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Prequel I know some fans. of them listen to this podcast. Our our prequel memes will attack you. Okay. Well, I will send them loose. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. Beyond that. Well, I get the other thing that we saw Hayden Christensen doing some training. That's cool. I think you'd be surprised, Holden, that the prequel trilogy is more relevant with the children than the sequel trilogy is. I, I don't care. <laughs> I. T- I mean, I don't like, I don't really like either one that much. Oh, yeah, whatever, Alden. Playing cool. Whatever. I see. You. Whatever, Jimmy. Anyway, uh, more news that. Holden, everybody knows that The Rise of Skywalker is your favorite movie of all time. Yep. That's what I said. Tross. I do like Force Awakens more than any of the prequels. That's fair. But what about To Last Jedi? Uh, I don't know. I think I'd need to rewatch the prequels. I haven't watched them in a few years. So you like you like Force Awakens more than The Last Jedi? Yeah, I think so. It depends on the mood I'm in. I don't know. I, I think The Rise of Skywalker could, maybe is the worst Star Wars movie. Yeah, I might I might be okay with saying that too. Honestly, it's just such a mess. As much as I don't really like the prequels, it is Rise of Skywalker is a mess. Yeah. Anyway, um, some more things that neither of us really care about. I care about Brokaw uh, for Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Brokaw for Ewan McGregor. Uh, that Big Hero Six animated spinoff series, the ba- I Am Baymax or whatever, is coming out in summer 2022. Don't care. Cool. I I have not seen Big Hero Six. I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's good, but I don't really care about this series uh, sure the- Holden whatever <laughs> we all know that Big Hero 6 is your favorite Star Wars movie of all time yep 100% 
Uh, and then uh, there's a new Cars Disney Plus series in production. And the, the notable thing about this is I saw there was the only thing that was shown was like some concept art and it showed like dinosaur cars <laughs> and it showed like a bunch of the cars dressed up in like Mad Max I didn't understand what okay, was happening. Okay, wait a second, Holden. This is genius. What do kids love? Dinosaurs, cars. Bring them together. Bring them Dino together. Cars. Isn't there a sh- there's like a kids show called Dino Trucks or something? I don't care, Holden. This is better. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a broka. Okay. Genius. Uh, there's a new Ice Age movie releasing January 28th. Um. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because this is this is I mean this series is originally made by Blue Sky Studios, which got shut down by Disney, but now apparently Disney's just making them. Is this five or six? I can't remember. I've only seen the first two. <laughs> I've I have no idea which ones. I think I've seen the first one. I watched most of the fourth one because we played it in school for like a weird day okay. before our break. Okay. But I had to go help someone else set up a movie, so I missed like a chunk in the middle. It was pretty good; like I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. Uh, why they are still making these? <laughs> when yeah, did the I don't first know. First one come out. The first one came out like two thousand one. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> um. Uh, Bergeron. It. I think I say. I. I think it's I say. Just what I'm thinking of. It's weirdly high on like the top highest grossing film franchises of all time <laughs> like if well, you <laughs> yeah if you if you look up lists of that i don't know if it's in the top 10 but it's a lot higher than you think it would be what would be the highest grossing like kids franchise um toy story uh, maybe toy story highest grossing kids movies i don't i'll look it up hold on you vamp you send us to the next story Okay, uh, the next one is was like the biggest surprise of this Disney Plus day. Uh, is there's a new Predator film coming out? Um, it is releasing on Hulu exclusively next summer, 2022, uh, and it's going to be titled Prey. Okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> see what you did there, <laughs> Disney. Uh, it's going to be called Prey. But what's interesting about this is it's like kind of a prequel just because it's like olden times it's set in 1719 with a predator landing in like the in the americas and the teaser image showed that there was a predator like stalking a comanche warrior so i don't know this it sounds interesting and it's directed by dan trachtenberg oh that's what he's doing yeah um so i i don't know this all this it, it was weird it was weird that it was at Disney Plus Day because it's on Hulu, but then I realized Hulu's not international and it'll just be on Disney Plus internationally. But I think this sounds really cool, <laughs> even though Predator doesn't have the best track record of film franchises. It's, I, it sounds like a cool concept. I like Dan Trachtenberg. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any concept for Predator. I, I have not seen a Predator thing. Yeah. Uh, it might be Frozen, just because the those two movies made almost three billion dollars between them oh my gosh uh it looks like despicable me is certainly (laughs) up there with the four movies they've had i haven't realized that there are let's see 10 animated movies that have grossed over a billion dollars really yeah and i did not so 
so Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs from 2009, grossed $886 million. <laughs> and it's the 14th highest gross, grossing animated movie of all time. The Secret Life of Pets grossed $875 million. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Movies used to make a lot of money mm-hmm. back in the day. Anyway. But, uh, yeah. Predator movie. Bergeron. Uh, I'm going to give it a Brokaw. I think this sounds really cool, especially like the setting sounds really interesting. It's not just like a future setting or modern day setting. 1719, what an odd choice of year, but cool. Yep. Sounds good, Holden. What else we got? What are you giving it? I said Bergeron. <laughs> oh, did you? You okay. never listen. Uh, well, that's it for Disney Plus Day News, at least from what I remembered. Um, but this is still about a, a Marvel movie, just not something they talked about at Disney+. Plus. Uh, so Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness, is apparently going through extensive reshoots, which seemingly confirms that that's the reason why the slate got pushed back. Um, apparently it's happening over the next six weeks, pretty much all the way through December. Um, and it's it, it's not really confirmed as to why that is, but could be good could be bad who knows um i don't know i mean that many reshoots so i don't know that seems a little concerning yeah i don't know if it's like due to like production issues with covid or anything that's what some of the uh, one of the sites i was looking at was saying maybe that's why and it's not actually anything to be worried about but I well, know. I mean, another movie that had a lot of reshoots was Rogue One, which, of course, is your favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Yep, my favorite. Um, and that movie is just utterly flawless, as both of us agree. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. I, if the movie is good, I do not care. Yeah, I don't either. If the movie is bad, I... then I'm like, well, should have reshot more, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a Bergeron. Same uh, same. I, I would just like to know why. It'd be very interesting to hear the why if we ever do find out. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not like Disney doesn't like Sam Raimi's vision and they're going back and changing a bunch or something. That would be like the worst possible one, I think. But Unless his vision is just bad. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just say that you hold and kidnap Benedict Cumberbatch and ask him. And then we can talk about it on the podcast. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. And you will be the one who goes to jail. Okay. Right, um, so, Jimmy, Movie Pass. It's coming back. Let's it's say. coming back. It is? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's okay, bring, so I got my card still. I Mine broke, so I need a new one. But you anyway, broke. so founder Stacy Spikes apparently just bought it back from uh, bankruptcy uh, like this week. Uh, and she released this statement. I can confirm that we acquired MoviePass out of bankruptcy on Wednesday. We are thrilled to have it back and are exploring the possibility of relaunching soon. Our pursuit to reclaim the brand was encouraged by the continued interest from the movie-going community. We believe, if done properly, theatrical subscription can play an instrumental role in lifting movie-going movie-going attendance to new heights. Well, I mean, it does make sense. The theaters kind of... This would be a good time for a revival because mm-hmm. theaters are going to just want to get people back in the seats any yeah. way they can so yeah i mean amc has like their own movie pass sort of deal uh cinemark and sioux falls does not they have movie club but that yeah but it's is not, not nearly 
like I just wish there was another level to what we had. So if MoviePass can come in and fill that role, I mean, it always will have a special place in my heart because I just scammed them out of hundreds of dollars. Like <laughs> we, yeah, all we, of their consumers. We are did. the ones that ma- made them go bankrupt. Well, they are the ones that made well, themselves okay. go bankrupt yeah. by saying, you know what? You can pay $10 and we will just pay for $40 worth of stuff. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, I'll ride this for the nine months. And we did. <laughs> it was great. I wish we had that during the podcast. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, but I'll give, it, I'll give it a brocot. Yeah, bring it back, baby. <laughs> I mean, Broca. honestly, as long as, I mean, even if they were to just flop again, I would be okay riding, riding along for another <laughs> nine months. <laughs> as long as they don't do the sketchy stuff with, like, Mission Impossible Fallout or whatever Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of towards or the end just, of its lifespan. Not great. Where they're like, you can go to the movie, but you can't go to it for two weeks and then our card oh the card smell functioned during the opening weekend what are the odds <laughs> so yeah yeah uh okay so next up uh aaron sorkin has said that he is willing and wanting to make a social network sequel uh this was at this was a quote in response to him asking if he wanted to only direct his own movies he said the answer to your question is no. I'm not done working, uh, wanting to work with great directors, and Fincher would certainly be on the top of that list. I think what has been going on with Facebook these last few years is a story very much worth telling, and there is a way to tell it as a follow-up to the social network, and that's as much as I know. Great. I have not seen the social network since it was in theaters, and I was in, like, fifth grade, so... <laughs> <laughs> what year did that come out? That was, like, 2010. Okay, so I would have been in maybe middle school, sixth or seventh grade. I, 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 yeah, I haven't seen it since then. I don't really remember it. Andrew Garfield is in it, right? Yeah, he's really good in it. I should we re-watch, re-watch it. it. We 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 remote it. Um, it used to be on Netflix. I don't know. Regardless, uh, sounds sounds good. Great. I mean. Mark Zuckerberg just keeps digging a deeper hole for himself, so I'm sure you have plenty of material to work with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really like The Social Network. I just watched it in January last time. I, I think I've seen it twice now. Um, very good movie, though. So I'll, I'll give it a Brokaw. If you can get David Fincher back, I'd be certainly open to seeing that. Doesn't Sorkin have a movie coming out like in a month? Yeah, <laughs> being what the Ricardos. That? Being the Ricardos, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Broca. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how that one is too. So yep. yeah, Broca. Uh, and then my last piece of news is that Leonardo DiCaprio is in final talks to join a biopic about cult leader Jim Jones. Uh, and he's he's thinking about starring as both or joining as both star and producer. Uh, and the script is, there's no director attached yet, but the script is written by Scott Rosenberg, who is the writer for Venom, <laughs> apparently. You had but, me in the first half, Holden. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, with that, you have a ton of source material, so. Yeah. I guess with Venom, you do too. But, um, yeah, I mean, that that I think that would be great. It'd yeah. be a great movie. I think Leo could definitely pull it off. I think um, I there's there's like occasionally periods where I just like reread everything about Jonestown because it's so interesting that whole that cult and everything that happened with them the what was the name of the church again I can't remember I used to know everything about it 
um, back in like middle school and stuff. I watched like every documentary there was on it. Yeah, it's. But, uh, I mean, it's so interesting. It's just a. I think it's a story that would lend itself really well to film, and honestly, kind of surprised it hasn't really been done yet, as far as I know, at least in any big capacity. Yeah, and I mean, Leo, Leo could definitely pull off Jim Jones. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Yes, I'll give it a Brokaw. I will, I will give it a Brokaw as well, Holden. Um, and I think that's it for news for me. Do you have anything? No, I do not have any news. Okay. No news whatsoever. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll get on to our review of The French Dispatch. Okay, so the French Dispatch came out this week. Well, actually, it came out like three weeks ago. <laughs> so many, some of you have probably seen this movie already. But here in Sioux Falls, it didn't release anywhere until this previous weekend. Um, and so we managed to go. And the nice thing was is um, since we you know hadn't been planning on doing it for last week's podcast or anything, we actually went and, and got some cheap cheap movie tickets on Tuesday night to go see it, which was pretty cool. Don't do that very often since we always review movies the weekend they come out. But um, yeah, uh, this is the new Wes Anderson movie. I'm a big fan of his. I've seen all except for his very first movie at this point. Um, this movie is kind of a little anthology movie. Uh, the framework is that it is this uh, American newspaper that is based out of France, um, this little town in France. It's and the French, dish, French dispatch of some newspaper in Kansas. Yes, yes. Um, and so it's this whole movie is kind of bookended by you know the founder and the various writers talking but then it's it, within it there's a few little uh separate stories about uh, that are basically visual representations of what reporters have written for this publication's last issue um three big ones one kind of smaller one so very very interesting format um, what do you think, Jimmy? Uh, well, we saw it on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and I was very tired. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there, like you said, there's three main stories that take up the bulk of this movie, and I may or may not have fallen asleep and not really understood what was going on in the middle one, featuring Francis McDormand and Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. But from what I hear, that was the worst one anyway. So, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I'll let Holden do the heavy lifting on that part of the movie. Uh, you know, it's Wes Anderson. Like, I appreciate Wes Anderson movies, but I do not. I have, I've only seen this one now in, in Moonrise Kingdom. I they Like, I appreciate them. The cinematography and production value, and you know, it's incredible. Uh, the production design, I should say. So there's that. Great. It You know, it's, it's his style. So you, you like it or you don't or whatever. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. but that for me, that didn't, it's not enough to like make me invested in the movie. Um, just the visual interest of it. And I did like the stories that I saw, (laughs) but I think that just the, it's, this is very much an anthology or a bunch of stories and yeah, the overarching sort of story didn't really 
feel I didn't really feel anything with that. Personally. Yeah. That that one that's weird because I feel like they just should have spent more time on it. Basically what's spent on it is they give like background on the founder and like editor in chief and his his life, but it's all told through like just narration and stuff. It's not really shown. And then we don't really get a good idea of how like day-to-day businesses run aside from like some brief interludes in between each of the uh, segments. So it just kind of, it's not very well fleshed out. And so uh, Bill Murray plays like the editor in chief and the whole, yeah, the whole thing is that he dies. And so this is like, he, as part of his will, he's like, I want this paper to, you know, not continue after I die. And so this is like their last issue. Um, But I just, I didn't, I mean, for such a, you know, prominent Wes Anderson actor and a good actor at that, I just feel like Bill Murray's kind of wasted. He did not do anything. Yeah. Like, he just didn't do anything. He was in the movie a little bit at the beginning and then it's, that's it. Yeah. It's, he's, he's hardly in it, um, which is very disappointing because I often really like his performances in Wes Anderson movies, but alas. Um, I inter- think, I think what? this movie is almost better watched in the chunk like watching it at three different times like you know what I'm yeah saying? Like, i almost it think sticks with you longer yeah i'd rather i just be able to sit and digest each story at a time than watch all of them it because it it very much was just a collection of short films mm-hmm. um similar like i would compare it a little bit to in a much less um intentional way inglorious bastards is almost similar in in that it's a bunch of short films but it's still the overarching story is heavily connected Mm -hmm. like the scenes have an impact on the story itself whereas this it's like no it's just here's the story all right like that's gonna it it is a newspaper like the stories don't interact with each other um so each segment each of the three main segments are roughly 30 minutes, I would say. The whole movie is like 100 minutes, so I would say 10 minutes of the overarching stuff in between each of the scenes in the beginning and the end. Oh, and also the little bicycle reporting bit at the beginning. Um, but, yeah, it's... I, see, I which one was your favorite? My favorite was the first one. I think mine was the first one, although I did... I like the last one too, mm-hmm. but I think my biggest issue with this movie is that it's all just like people talking very quickly in a narration the uh, like the entire time. Yeah, like it's like like that that fast newspaper reporter talk for over like in t- over the the narration for a whole bunch of the time, and I'm like I just cannot do this for an hour and a half straight. Sorry. And some some Wes Anderson movies, I mean, that's kind of how his dialogue is written a lot of the time. But usually it's, I mean, there's a lot of plot to like get packed that's packed into his movies or whatever. And so that he kind of has to, you know, get it all out there. But as we said, there's, I mean, it, this is just an anthology. And so it kind of is, it's, it doesn't seem right, I guess. Yeah, no, I liked the first story quite a bit. Um, it was ridiculous. It was imaginative. It's pretty funny. Had humor. Yeah. 
I, um, I honestly, yeah, I thought that in the like cycling reporter bit, I thought those two were pretty funny in general. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like I, so that was with Benicio del Toro and mm-hmm. the James Bond lady. <laughs> I think oh, yeah, uh, Leah Seydoux, I think. Who else is in that? Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> Henry Winkler. <laughs> Do you, you know who that is? I know the name. Oh, he was one of like Adrian Brody's uncles. He he's just like he pops up in a lot of just random comedies. He was the Fonz on Happy Days. I oh think. yeah 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 yeah. I know who this guy is. Yeah yeah. Um, but he, I think he's like a really funny actor and it was just weird to see him in this movie. I was not expecting it. Oh, he's also, uh, he's the principal in Scream, I think. Because right. I just rewatched that, but, um, anyway, yeah, it's this, I mean, in general, this movie's cast is, is pretty stacked as it's really, I don't think everyone got their time to shine. Notably Bill Murray. Also, Jason Schwartzman, who um, v- frequent Wes Anderson collaborator, also the main villain of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> he's like, he's just a cartoonist at the publication, and he's in it for like less than a minute of screen time. Also, Elizabeth Moss, too. They were yeah, both- uh, well, there's a bunch, like Christoph Waltz hardly in it, Willem That's Dafoe. That's true. I mean, it's just like these. It's like, why are they in it if they're not actually going to be in it? Yeah, it was kind of distracting to me. Yeah, and I I mean, a bunch of these actors he hardly uses are fantastic actors, so why not use them? Yeah, I mean, like the roles they had could have just been played by anybody. (laughs) Christoph Waltz Um, was one of the more notable ones that I was just like, why is he here? I think my issue with the i for me it's just like i this movie is not gonna stick with me at all like it just is i've already forgotten most of this like i just don't it just didn't move me real i mean like mm-hmm. visually it looked great but every wes anderson movie does so this one just didn't it was different from what i had seen since it was a bunch of stories put together but it didn't there was no impact to that mm-hmm. for me and i just did not care about this dispatch like they didn't make me care about the newspaper company really yeah so it just was a very technically well-made movie with some quirky stories that um were well done and well acted and beautifully shot but i just there was no core to the movie that was like that resonated deep within my soul and that's why i just fell asleep in the middle of it and then i won't watch it again but it was yeah. good Wes Anderson movies are really good at like getting you they're they're very emotionally empathetic with their characters but I think all of that empathy is just used on the whole concept of journalism in this I think it's a pretty good like overall tribute to journalism and Wes Anderson clearly has a love for that profession but like I think then we just don't have any of that empathy left for it for any emotional connection to characters or anything it's just I don't really care about any of these people. I mean, I guess I, I uh, the the first segment. I mean, I, I I grew to like those characters a lot, but I mean, I don't know. That's only one less than one third of the movie. Well, should, is like is there anything we need to talk about non spoiler wise, or can we just 
give our rating here and jump into spoilers. Uh, and and then get into the nitty gritty and move. No, I don't. I, I, I guess I should say I. I mean, I think this is a good movie, and I. Th- there's a lot of people who like love this movie, and I can understand why some people do, but it's despite my like love for Wes Anderson there's like a handful of his movies that just do not click with me and this unfortunately is like in that pile now but it's no the rise of Skywalker is what Holden is trying to say (laughs) I did get a stronger emotional response out of that movie albeit it was a negative one (laughs) Um, I'm gonna go 8 out of 10 because I think it's very technically well done but it just doesn't really I, I I think it's a good movie. I just does it just you know it just didn't connect with me. So oh, see that's interesting. I think I even liked it. <laughs> it sounds like I liked it more than you, but I'm still giving it. I think I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay, seven and a half maybe. I think that's mostly just I maybe I I probably weigh my uh, my personal enjoyment out of it more than you do. So yeah, I can appreciate something that I don't love. So. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, seven, I think, uh, seven and a half. I'm going there. What? You can do the old classic 7.2. No, I'm not doing that. Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into spoilers. Yeah, so... Um, we can take the we can talk about it a little bit closer segment by segment. Um, so the first one, the first little mini one, is the cycling reporter with Owen Wilson, which I think is the most like directly funny one. And it's just like, like Owen Wilson is a funny guy, and so it just like a lot of what he says, the way he delivers Wes Anderson dialogue, is so good. Yeah, and it's it's basically just talking about this like weird little French town and and kind of setting the scene for the rest of the movie but i like that bit quite a bit that was probably like my favorite bit even though it was the like the shortest one um but then the second one is the uh, benicio del toro and adrian brody and benicio del toro is a painter this is spoilers holden yeah i know just yeah. <laughs> just saying you're explaining the movie to yeah true supposedly okay. seen it well anyway i i liked benicio del toro's character a lot because it didn't go where i was expecting exactly like i was fully expecting him to kill adrian brody at the end of the movie which i guess maybe wouldn't be in tone with like the rest of wes anderson's movies that may have been out of place but i feel like they could have played it a little bit comedically or something because adrian brody was kind of a a dick how did that one end again because that's when i started getting tired was towards the end of that one so benicio del toro has the um like the exhibition yeah the the columns yeah and they end up fighting because adrian brody is mad that it's it's all painted on this wall that he can't move and sells to someone um and then then they put it on a plane yeah, they put it, I think that's pretty much how it ends is they have the exhibition. It's like in a random field in England somewhere. Um or no, it's in Kansas. Yeah, yeah, cuz yeah, it's the per, I, I don't remember which 
I think it's like Liberty, Kansas or something like that. Um, but then I can't remember. Benicio del Toro gets out of prison. I don't know. Or maybe this is the problem, Holden. I've seen the movie on Tuesday and talking about it on Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. He he gets released on probation. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia summary right now. I couldn't remember that, but okay. There we go. Um, but I kind of, I, I like the whole commentary about like this, th- about like modern art and how the only reason this has value is because they're pretending it does. <laughs> like it's this art that's basically nonsense, but then Adrian Brody sees an opportunity and he's like, oh, I can sell this if I just pretend like it's desirable. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I I don't know. I it was good. I like Benicio del Toro's character. I think that story just got long for me. Mm-hmm. It might have been the longest one. I don't know. Just, I just was hoping. I honestly would have liked kept it at like the fifteen minute stories and just kept going through fifteen minute ones. I think it. I think that three stories each just got long for me. Yeah, and I if if they had done like 15 minute stories they could have done more and i think that would have been it would have kept the audience's attention more or it would have kept my attention more certainly because there was like you know because you'd start the next one and it would say like the kind of the pages how long it was in pages wise you're like oh this is going to be that long in the movie mm-hmm. i don't know if you caught that part yeah i did uh so it's like oh this is gonna be long i hope i like it and it's like oh i'm not super invested in this but now i'm stuck here for 30 minutes <laughs> with Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand yeah doing it with each other <laughs> yeah so yeah the second one is I don't I just don't it's not engaging to me because I didn't really connect with Francis McDormand's character she's kind of like I guess she's the like the perspective character in this because she's kind of entered into this whole like conflict which I did not understand the conflict really i know you probably understood it less because you were (laughs) asleep all i remember is they're playing chess and he's he and that one girl were fighting and then i guess that that he that they are on the motorcycle and they're riding or whatever it was and then they're together and then he's broadcasting over the radio and then he gets electrocuted and dies he dies um that's what i remember from that one yeah, it, it's I, I don't I, it's like a conflict between the student group and I guess the school, but it's like a big city conflict thing. I didn't understand like what it was supposed to be. I think there was some sort of social commentary there that just did not land. And it was just kind of boring because Timothy Chalamet's character wasn't really well established. I didn't really know I didn't really get why he was doing what he was doing. He had a friend that went off to war but came back. That was like about the extent I remember. All I remember, he was like embarrassed about his new muscles or something. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Which I thought was funny after watching Dune when Duncan Idaho's like put on some muscle. (laughs) My boy. My boy. Um, But yeah, it was just... I, I just did not care about that one. And that was the one that Christoph Waltz was just randomly in for five seconds. 
All right, then let's talk about Jeffrey Wright, who just seemed like he was made to play. The, like he, I thought he was great. I, yeah, I he was Benicio really good. Del Toro was really good, and I and I really liked um, Jeffrey Wright as yeah. well. Yeah, no, I agree. He was great. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> I so this one was kind of fun because it was like this. Basically, Jeffrey Wright was on this talk show and. He claims that he remembers every single word he's ever written. And so he's basically rehearsing or like uh, reciting verbatim this uh, story he wrote for the French Dispatch um, about he was he was going to get dinner at this police place at this police like precinct. And supposedly the story was going to be about how this there's this chef that works there that is just so good. He's this excellent chef and he's also a cop but then the story just takes like a wild like turn to like it's a, there's a hostage situation with the commissioner's son and then they have to go fix that and it's a pretty it's, wild adventure yeah and it's animated that part was pretty cool yeah that was cool again holden is explaining the plot of something to people who have already seen it <laughs> ideally i've already seen it um, I was kind of walking through it for myself, though, because I also feel like this one, I may have remembered this one the least. I wasn't even, like, tired. I wasn't falling asleep like you were, but I feel like at this point I was just kind of tired of the movie. I was awake for this one, Holden. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you needed this story within a story element of it. I think it could have just been the story, like, it's just a creative writing section of the paper. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't think you needed the talk show part of it. It kind of just made it more confusing, pulled me out of it. Um, well, yeah. It, I mean, it made... Okay, so the first story had, like, Tilda Swinton also kind of telling the story. Did the second... I mean, you were asleep for part of it, but do you remember, did the second story have, like... Was Francis McDormand, like, presenting it to anyone? I think so. I don't remember. I okay, think so. Because if not, that seems like a weird inconsistency that that framing device isn't present for all three. But I, I guess I just didn't remember. But I guess, I mean, it didn't really work for the Tilda Swinton bit either. I, I was kind of pointless there. I didn't really care. I also was really confused by her character. Sorry, we're back in the first segment. But that was just me <laughs> verifying what you said, that it was kind of a pointless framing thing. I think what we're finding out, old is that we don't have a ton to say about this movie. So maybe we should just wrap it up and move yeah. on to Red Notice. Because I, I, like, I just am so lukewarm to this movie. <laughs> I just don't have... I, don't, I really don't have anything to say about it. I really don't even remember it that well already. And it's been five... It's just been five days since I've seen it. It has not stayed with me at all. It did not keep me awake through it. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just did, it means it didn't resonate with me. And so I just feel like I am wasting people's time trying to come up with things to say. Yeah. I think this, yeah. Watch pretty much any other Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. 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 All right. Can we, can we move on? Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Not to just, I just think we're running out of steam here. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. There's not a ton we, to say. We got we're on E and we gotta fill up at the red notice station. Alright. Yep. Sound good? Okay, let's talk about Red Notice on Netflix, unless you saw it in theaters for some reason.
Okay, Red Notice. Um, so this is a Netflix-produced film. Um, it stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Um, it is a, like action heist thriller movie comedy, comedy thing. It's a bunch of genres. Um, but it was famously produced for like $200 million. This is the most expensive movie that Netflix has ever made. Um, I think it's a pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is fine. <laughs> I think it's a missed opportunity more than anything. First off, we should say not critically well-received. Well I think no. it's like, what, 39 or on tomatoes or something? But it, it has an over 90% audience score, I believe. So. Really? Oh, I... See, it started in the first 30 minutes or so. I was like, okay, this isn't great, but I don't see why this is like a 30 on Metacritic. And I'm not sure it ever got that bad for me, but I, as the movie went on, I'm just like, oh my God. I just don't don't like this movie. I liked the idea of it. You know, like a yeah. globe-trotting heist adventure thing with the rock and ryan reynolds kind of carrying it with their their banter which they i think they have good chemistry i just i am so over the ryan reynolds dialogue of i am things too. that people would just not say in real life yeah oh my gosh i i, I mean i think free guy really hurt my opinion of ryan reynolds but i i think this just cements that i'm not a big fan of his anymore like, I think it works well for, like, Deadpool, because that's just kind of who Deadpool is. That's, like, his character. But doing that for everything is just obnoxious. It's really annoying. It's repetitive. It makes all of his performances, like, the same. And I didn't really... There was maybe, like, one joke he said in this movie that was funny, but I didn't even pay attention to which one it was. I just kind of remember, like, chuckling a little bit at one. I... I called somebody like post malone or something he had face tattoos so i thought that was funny but like it's just like i it's the it's gotten so old for me like it's just not creative mm-hmm. but he, it's I, just like referencing thing it's like a slightly less lazy way of referencing because he'll just like he'll just call someone like i mean like the like post malone or something and then he's like and that's the joke. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is the grossest place I've been to since I saw your Instagram account or something. Yeah. It's like, that's not funny. Yeah. It's. And it it's downright hurtful, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but uh, this... I, I'm just I'm just over that. I, you know, I thought The Rock was serviceable in the role like I yeah think i mean fine and Gal he's Gadot fine in fine. like everything I, like i don't really i can't think of a movie that he's like that in he's i was just, hoping this movie was gonna be like the first half of jungle cruise you know yeah. what i'm saying like it's just a fun <laughs> light-hearted time where these two characters one of them being the rock has great chemistry um and there are flashes of that but the <laughs> First off, the plot just doesn't really make any sense. Like, there's these three Cleopatra eggs, and they're just worth a lot of money. But who, like, it, who really cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, why do they need to risk their life to get these eggs? I felt this movie overall felt like the most generic movie of this type. It felt like 
this was written by a computer, honestly. <laughs> it was like you have three MacGuffins for the three acts of the movie. You have like the, these characters that don't get along, then they get along, and it was just like well, there are some there are some subversions to that. Yeah, slightly, least. but and it, they like, do acknowledge that it is a MacGuffin. Like Ryan Reynolds is like, well, let, they're looking for the MacGuffin. He's like, well, just look in the box that says MacGuffin on it. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. Jokes like that, it's just like, well, you're still just making it a MacGuffin. <laughs> like saying it doesn't excuse it. I don't mind a MacGuffin if the point, well, you know, the pr- yeah. the line from A to B is fun. And it no, just, I don't. Okay, I should clarify. I don't mind it either, but it's just it f- was not interesting at all in this movie. And like I said, like the fact that there's three, it's literally just split into the three acts. Of, like it's so it's so basic <laughs> it felt it, like there just wasn't that much to this in my opinion it also felt like an uncharted movie like <laughs> there was yeah, a lot kinda. of uncharted like things that happened in the movie that i thought was funny <laughs> um so we'll see how the uncharted movie is i i thought it was a serviceable movie i thought it was fine like the epitome of fine my question um, for you, my question for you, Jimmy, is: Is this movie a money laundering scheme? Is this movie a money laundering scheme? Because I do not think this is a. This does not look like a two hundred billion dollar movie. Well, I think how much of that money goes just directly into the pockets of the actors. Well, that's what I don't know. Is like this. <laughs> I I thought that like the CG in this movie was pretty bad most of the time it was on screen. There was even some like weird set things. Where there was that one bit where, I mean, there's more instances more than this, but this is the one that sticks out in my head, is, like, when they're building that wall in the prison, and the rock just, like, picks up that huge brick. Like, it, he doesn't even, it, it just looks like a styrofoam brick, which is what it is, but it's it just looks so cheap. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really think about that. I wasn't expecting the set design of these of this movie. It just um, it, like a, a lot of the visual stuff felt really cheap, and I I mean I understand that you have these three big stars, and they definitely got a lot of the budget. But even if they got like half of the budget, it felt like it didn't even feel like a hundred million dollars to me. I think my issue was like they set up these exciting action sequences, but then the action itself wasn't all that interesting, and it was no. very like cut 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 the the beginning had some like okay parkour stuff like i there was like there were a few shots in that opening i was like oh okay that's that's kind of cool and that's that's one of the reasons why the opening wasn't as annoying to me but then it's just it just doesn't do that for the rest of the movie um yeah i think i just i i was hoping for the first half of jungle cruise and just didn't get it I would say. And it's not like this movie is very similar to like the Jumanji movies. <coughs> but I think those movies are just more fun. Yeah. Like they're 100%. very straightforward. Mm-hmm. They're very simple. They know what they are. I think this movie knows what it is. I just don't think it executed it that well. Like, I also I think, think I think they were aware of what they were trying to do and they just couldn't they weren't as the act, the comedy wasn't as funny as it could have been. The action wasn't as good as it could have been. It just was a bunch of missed opportunities. 
Yeah, Jumanji, like, what drives that is I think those characters do actually have really good chemistry and, like, the... I mean, the script, it's not like Citizen Kane, but it has a lot more funny jokes in it than this does. It's... Yeah, I don't know. It, it, this is... Yeah, Citizen Kane, hilarious. Okay, not the best example of what I was trying to say, but... It's just trying to trying to say a well-written movie. Cheats on his wife, hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, scandal costs him an election. Hilarious. And the... Uh, yeah, this although the Nazis have appearances in both movies, so true, true. This movie is basically Citizen Kane. Is what yeah, that's what we're trying to say. They should have had Rosebud in all those boxes. Yeah. The, oh, I, I didn't like the the comparisons at the end of the movie to Indiana Jones just made that ending worse to me. Because it was, they kept comparing it to Indiana Jones, and then they had like the weird car chase scene, and I'm like, well, now that you've compared it to Indiana Jones, I'm just thinking about the car chases in those movies and how much better they are. <laughs> I'd rather be watching those. They're very good. That yeah. tank stuff in The Last Crusade, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why I'm. I'm like, it's just like, and it. I think it just the action sequences were just too long, too. Yeah. I think, or just like they didn't. There was no substance to them. There was, I mean, there was stuff like at the beginning of the movie. There's a bit where like Ryan Reynolds falls and like bounces off this tent, and then the rock falls and he just breaks the tent. <laughs> like that's a good visual kind of gag in in the action sequence. But it's not like you know the 1990s Jackie Chan, like where every piece of action and choreography is really thought out and mm-hmm. meaningful. And the camera isn't involved either, and I think that's the problem. Or that's what really takes the fight sequences to the next level is like when the camera is like the third person in the fight or just mm-hmm. another person in the fight and the camera is not that no. in this. And I think that it just is missing. Um, so, yeah, would have loved to see better fight choreography. Maybe that's because Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot and Dwayne Johnson did want to like do their own stunts and stuff, which can be a good thing, but also you know could take choreography down a peg or two as well Mm -hmm. so i don't know Mm -hmm. again missed opportunities i think it's fine i think you are not gonna like it's worthwhile enough if you already have a netflix subscription and you're like bored and you're like oh you want to watch something with like your family your parents it's fine like it's serviceable you can watch it and some people are gonna enjoy it like if you're a very casual moviegoer I think you'll like this movie just fine. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't even know if I want to recommend it under those grounds because I'm like, I this movie. I'm gonna forget about it. Like tomorrow, I'm kind of surprised I remember anything about it. Honestly, Holden, the general public liked Free Guy. Okay, if they liked Free Guy, they're gonna it's like true. this movie. If you liked Free Guy, I bet you'll like this. <laughs> <laughs> Boom roasted. Uh. This is better than Free Guy Olden. Come on. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what do you well, okay, we can give our scores. What do you what do you get? I'll go six, I think. Because I, I had a decent time watching it. I don't think it's a good movie. I like I said, it's fine. They have left room for there be to be another one that, you know, maybe they learn from this one do a little bit better choreography 
tone back the the Ryan Ryan Reynoldness of this. And I just want to clarify, Ryan Reynolds. I really like Ryan Reynolds. I just do not like what they've done with Ryan Reynolds recently. Yeah, I just I wish he had a different bit. He just wasn't doing the Ryan Reynolds bit all the time. Well, I just or just people wrote funnier things yeah. for him. Or just toned it back. Like just tone it back. I think Ryan Reynolds doesn't like I think he could be more into that physical comedy. Like when he smacks the glass with his elbow and just goes, aha like he doesn't need to have the I'm speaking at two hundred words per minute and I'm saying this thing when I'm just nervous sort of deal. Yeah. Like the awkward nervous I'm gonna say something that is supposed to be funny bit. Like just tone that back. Let him act. Like I just get, let him act. <laughs> I get the the vibe from him that he's going to be in a critically acclaimed drama in like three years and get an yeah. Oscar. He's a good actor. <laughs> I'm pro Ryan Reynolds. I'm just anti the the recent trend. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give this movie a three point five. <laughs> That's higher than Free Guy, though. It is higher than Free Guy. Um, so you're going rotten. I'm going fresh, barely. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, we'll submit those to Rotten Tomatoes, and that'll impact the score. Yep. I don't. I don't even know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably I it's a 39. I can look it up. Hold it. It's a 30 on Metacritic. And it's something like it's like 32, 35, something like that. Red notice. You know, speaking of red notice, my eyes sometimes don't notice red because I'm colorblind. Wow. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. So were you just like confused the whole movie? I'm like, why is Gal Gadot not wearing clothes? (laughs) (laughs) Thought she wears a red dress for much of the film. Yeah. That is the joke for those people who do not understand the bit. Uh, Otherwise, Holden, let's go into spoilers. Uh, another thing that I should have said in non-spoilers, but this the movie's poster is the most is like just a terrible poster. It's just the three of them standing in front of the word or standing behind the words "Red Notice." Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just so like I, I don't I do not understand why Netflix is like they're they're entirely banking on the stars, which I guess will probably be enough in the long run. But like, why don't you just show a little bit something else? not just literally them standing in a row it looks like like a lineup a police lineup it doesn't look like a police lineup no. it says pro and cons at the top though holden that's pretty creative wow, that's really funny <laughs> um uh, yeah well let's talk about the biggest spoiler turns out it was the long con holden mm-hmm. the rock was playing ryan reynolds all along didn't see that coming honestly I was genuinely surprised. Yeah, I was a little surprised too. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I honestly know. think it makes the movie worse. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I actually liked the like. I think like the scene where he goes in, it's cheesy, and then he's like, "Oh, you were going in." You know, I actually I felt bad for him after that. That it was just a con. Yeah, and I I liked I liked the idea that like the like the kind of moral ambiguity of like letting ryan reynolds get away with the egg just so he can like get cleared of his name or whatever like i liked that too but now it's just no he's a he's a thief (laughs) he just no i literally was the bad guy the entire time 
<laughs> you know what this movie remind it, you know what this movie is the worst version of is get smart i mean also the rock is <laughs> I, just, I just i only compare rock movies with other rock movies unironically i but like it is get though smart isn't a it? lot <laughs> oh get smart is fantastic it's one of my favorite comedies it's really does funny. this movie like get smart is everything this movie could have been yeah it's got the the great duo who are on this mission with like the MacGuffins and they need to figure out what's going on and it gets smart just has so much it's just so much funnier yeah it is um also star-studded cast um what how that movie never got a sequel I did it it make a lot of money I don't know but get smart is it actually did make a decent amount of money get smart is a one of my it get smart is one of my favorite movies it's a movie i forget about but i i honestly really like that movie yeah um that was like one of dwayne johnson's first movies too but um but uh yeah so i'm just is do you think that's a fair comparison though just yeah compare these no two? i i agree it's it's i mean similar globe trotting kind of thing and there's some you know backstabbing and like there's kind of an incompetent character and i i really yeah i i would rather watch get smart i would much rather watch get smart than this oh absolutely it's a lot funnier i mean it it is just so much funnier um and also dwayne johnson's in it yeah so you get your fix either way um yeah what else what else we got we got um we're in spoilers right yeah yeah Uh, okay so this movie like i felt like the ending just kept going It got long. It, it got, got long. really long. I honestly, I was fully expecting that as soon, like, as soon as Ryan Reynolds figured it out, and he's like, "What?" He's like, "What the heck?" or whatever he says. Like, I figured it was gonna end right there. It kind of felt like it was going to, and then it kept going, and then The Rock was explaining his whole plan, and that all happened, and then it could have ended there. And then it didn't. We had this whole extra scene on a boat, which was really unnecessary. And it well, was just, I mean, you had to have the thing with the eggs at the end, and they just get arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which what did they think was gonna happen? Like, <laughs> Ed Sheeran was in it. Oh my I god! Forgot about that. Oh my um, god! That was I. <laughs> Stop putting him in things. I can't take it seriously. Like, I, that, I don't honestly, miss- that was kind of the funniest part of the movie, though, for me. I don't know. I thought it was really. It. I thought it was really cringy. Oh, that's why I thought it was funny. <laughs> I guess it was funny laughing at the movie for thinking that was a good idea. Um, no, I think it was supposed to be dumb. Like, I think that was actually one of the self-aware jokes of the movie. Yeah, we're going to put Ed Sheeran in it because he keeps randomly showing up and things, and this will be really stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, That's that, where all the budget went. Just kidding him. Yeah, I guess you got you got the three main stars, and then Ed Sheeran got paid an equal amount to just be in that movie for 30 seconds. Also, imagine having a, a party at just ancient ruins. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you had the scene at the end. Clearly, they're just making another one. Yeah. 
which I, you know, it's got potential. I'm I mean, still I'll still probably watch home. it, but I'm not going to like it. <laughs> what are they going to call it, though? Blue Notice. Blue Notice. Red, white, and blue Notice. Yeah. Fist we'll get a trilogy. We'll get a trilogy. Red, white, and blue Notice. Um, yep. Fantastic. Um, anything else to say, Holden, about, about this movie? Uh, no, not really. I just... I, I was so not into it. The The prison escape thing was kind of cool. I felt like that was after that was where the movie just lost me. I just did not care. And that was like right at the one-third mark, too. Because I was like, how far are we? And I was like, oh, 40 minutes. Wow. Or whatever. Already. But... Well, Holden... You know what? You're just a hater, and I know that uh, it's no Rise of Skywalker in your heart. Oh, but, most uh, generic music score, also. Yeah, it was very generic. But but um, yep. That's 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 all I got. So yeah, let's let's talk about things you're doing, Holden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? I like how we reviewed two movies and they somehow were like shorter than our previous two single movie discussions like to combine. I think the last couple of podcasts we've gone on for like 50 minutes. Yeah. Show up, show well, I mean, scene. French Dispatch didn't have a lot to say about it, honestly. Red Notice. What are we going to? We're not going to have a super extensive discussion about it. It's not June. <laughs> um, so true. I kind of figured, and I I just wanted to, you know, I don't have that much to say about these two movies. Yeah. What do we got, Ghostbusters next week? Yep, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Got but to, got anyway, that first one. things I watched, Um, I watched Top Gun, <laughs> Jimmy. For the first time? First time. Isn't it highly overrated? Wait, have you seen it? Yes. Oh, I thought you hadn't seen it. No, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, it is it is not very good. <laughs> I'm like, why is this still culturally relevant? I think like I'm sure if you were like a testosterone-fueled man-child in the 80s, this would be like you would love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if you like this movie. I'm sure you're great out there, but I just I do not it's so it's it's kind of boring. The like what should be the most exciting part, the flight sequences are easily the least interesting part because it's just not it's so hard to tell what's happening at any point. And just the story, I just don't care. It's just Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. No, no, that was, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean I guess we got Danger Zone out of it, which is a good song. So uh <laughs> thank you for that. But now I'm now I'm ready to watch Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> That movie still has not come out. <laughs> I think it's coming out July, but we'll see if it actually does. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Um when was that movie supposed to originally come out? Like I don't know if it was summer last year or December last year. So it's long been, ago. Yeah. And it's just been consistently delayed and <laughs> no one's gonna care. Oh, I don't think it's. Care, I don't think it's going to make as much money as people think it will. It'll be all right. Um, yeah, I don't like Top Gun. 
personally. Sorry if that offends you. I just do not think it's a very good movie. Yeah. So, yep. Rip. Um, and then I watched uh, Cowboy Bebop, the movie, because I finished the series last week. I wanted to watch the, the movie. Still animated. It's still part of the, the main series, but it's a pretty good movie. It's just... It doesn't really have much to do with the overall plot. It's just kind of another, like, adventure of the week kind of thing. But that's kind of nice because that cast of characters is is really fun. So still enjoyable. Um, and uh, I guess the biggest movie I watched this week was uh, In the Mood for Love. Do you know this movie? I feel like I've heard of it, but I cannot name it off the top of my head. I so mean, I, I can bl- name it In the Mood for Love, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I believe it's from Hong Kong. Um, it's from like the early 2000s. Oh, it, yes, I know this one. Yeah. I know this one. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. It I, is really I've good. I, I mostly, so I watched it because it stars uh, the dad from Shang-Chi, Tony Leung. And uh, we both liked his performance in Shang-Chi. I was yeah, like, he's oh, he's great. See, yeah, I want to see what other stuff he's in. And this is like one of his most famous movies um, from a very prominent director um Wong Kar Wai this is my first movie of his as well but um it was really good I mean it's like a romantic drama um presented in a very interesting way because like the first half of the movie is like the scenes are all maybe maybe two minutes long but it's weird because it there's not like it doesn't like flow scene to scene there's it like fades to black in between each scene which is really weird and it it, it, like i think it works but it was just not anything i was familiar with before um but it's i think it was kind of confusing at first to get a hold of because the time it it's not like out of chronological order but it just jumps forward in time kind of at random intervals and eventually you kind of get the hang of it but it was a really good movie and very emotionally moving and beautiful i cinematography wise i think it is it was a treat to watch um, yeah the uh youtube channel cinefix that i really like this this is a movie they they talk about um somewhat frequently and so i've it's been kind of on my radar for a long time but i had well, did not remember the title and it's, it looks like it's on hbo so i'll have to check that out is it on hbo i definitely bought it <laughs> uh barnes and noble is doing their criterion uh sale again so i oh god i bought the criterion for this <laughs> i bought the criterion blu-ray for it of course yeah and it's funny you DVD. mentioned Jackie Chan earlier too, because I bought uh, his like movie Police Story, which is like, like I think it's from I think it's China or Hong Kong. I can't remember, but one of like the first things he got known for, big action movie. Kind of excited to watch that. I haven't watched that yet though. Um, but uh, beyond that, I started watching. Oh, I started watching Legion for my next TV show. <laughs> Police stories also on HBO. No, I knew that one, but okay. this one this one came with the sequel too, which is not on HBO. Oh, and it was like a really oh, good okay. deal for both. So, all right. Um, but uh, yeah, I started watching Legion, uh, the FX show that is technically an X-Men show, but only kind of loosely uh, created by the creator of the Fargo TV show. And it's really good. It's very, um, 
trippy, I guess. It, it's it's a very unique show, very cerebral, but also kind of funny. It's hard to explain. Really good so far, though. It's also not very long. It's like three seasons, and each season is eight episodes. So pretty cool. I'm enjoying that. Um, and then the only other thing is I have been playing a lot of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I just I keep liking this game more and more. <laughs> I I right now my favorite thing about it is the sound is the score. It is so good and it's it's really cool because like a lot of these games you'll have like one set like like song that'll play during a battle, but it's like most songs are very unique to one area and like it seems like every battle almost has like a different song that plays and it it's just a very expansive and diverse soundtrack. It's so good. Um, so I've even been listening to that outside of playing it. But uh, gameplay-wise, it's very satisfying and rewarding. I like the story. I love the characters, too. These uh, The character writing for this game is really pretty good. Um, do you think uh, I would like it? Yeah, I think you should definitely give it a shot. You could just borrow my copy when I'm done with it. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you... There's definitely things in it you wouldn't like. It wouldn't be your favorite game, but I think you would enjoy it. I do have the the PS4 version or whatever because it was free. But. Oh, that's true. It might not matter then because really the only advantage to my... I think you can upgrade to PS5 for free if you have the PS4 no. one. Nope. But the P... You can't? No. Oh. Well, you can borrow my PS5 version if you want. Yep. Uh, you, you could if you bought it, but through this free giveaway you could. Oh. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I guess I'm kind of glad I went out and bought it then. And then also the PS5 one has exclusive exclusive DLC, which I think is weird. The DLC is only for the PS5 version of the game, not the PS4, which my brother, who's previously played it on PS4, bought it day one. He's kind of not happy about it because he can't get a PS5 and he wants to play it. But Yeah, well, I think that was part of the whole integrate package or whatever they when they announced it. Yeah. Because I was confused. I'm like, is this? I was like, is this the second half of Final Fantasy VII? No. Oh no, it was just a remake plus this additional chapter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, very good game so far. I'm really liking it. I think I. I don't know if I'll. I might beat it by the next time we record. I think I only have a few more chapters left. It's it's a fairly hefty game, especially if you do side stuff. But, um, yeah, I think that's it for me, Jimmy. What about you? I finally got back to playing God of War 2 just a little bit. Uh, oh, nice. Just like an hour and a half, so not a lot. But I just need to I need to do that so I don't have to pay for another month of PlayStation now. I just need to get it finished so I can cancel that. Um, otherwise, I have not really been watching stuff because we watched two movies. I, I'm not really watching a show right now, but I have been listening to quite a bit of Last Podcast on the Left, which oh, yeah. they do. Um, it's very... It's, very explicit so rated r but um <laughs> i did really enjoy their episode um i listened to a series on joseph mengele it was a three-part series very good they're all an hour and a half ish long some are a little shorter some are closer to two hours um but just listening to those in the morning so i'm not thinking about work because that's what my mind will just naturally go to mm-hmm. um but uh another other ones i listened to the jody arias ones interesting um since that was kind of in our lifetime growing up 
didn't really know that much about her other than just seeing her on the news. Is she? I've never heard of her. She's a killer. She killed her boyfriend or oh, okay. lover. Um, it's an interesting story. Uh, one I would recommend for people just like as a taste test, kind of. Uh, again, rated R, so it's the right maturity level. Um, would be their one on, uh, uh, it was called, it was like Executions and like the death. I cannot remember what it was called. It was something about like basically execution, executions and like um, beheadings and stuff <laughs> and what it was like to be the the executioner uh, in these different places. And it was pr- quite entertaining. Interesting. Um, and then I also started listening to one about like Ouija boards and stuff. I cannot remember. One of them had a, a hilarious Eddie Redmayne bit. <laughs> I cannot remember which one it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was very funny. Um, but I would recommend... It was like episode 345, I want to say. Uh, it's like something about executions. So they have a, a lot. But um, the nice thing about that podcast is you can just look for something you're interested in and start listening. Um because you didn't definitely they're not time there's no time relevance to it uh otherwise let's see what else have i done again watching more of those corridor crew videos i don't know if you watched the dune thing i sent you home i did but. yeah i also i saw the one you were telling me about with the pirates of the caribbean one i just i just really like those i thought their dune one was super insightful and they they talked about this one they compared the new one with the 1984 one Mm -hmm. and that one shot where they like in 1984 they built this whole elaborate miniature set thing and used a stadium to get this one shot yeah and that was incredible Um, (laughs) i was glad it didn't like tell me because i still want to watch that movie at some point i was glad it didn't like spoil anything it was just like analyzing some some of the effects yeah i was i was worried they were going to spoil it too but they they do a nice job of i don't know if you watched the bollywood one i sent you holden no uh, i didn't watch that one you you should that is incredible (laughs) um they yeah they so they react they also do like stuntmen react which is really fun to watch too they bring on actual stunt people break down different fight scenes that's why i've seen a lot more of like the jackie chan hong kong stuff and oh, okay donnie yen and and you know bruce lee mm-hmm. that sort of stuff but uh yeah i just i love that youtube channel also cinefix i mentioned them earlier with um yep in the mood for love they've kind of had a renaissance lately um after being bought out by ign it was kind of actually a good thing to happen to them because they IGN just let them do what they could do with actual money, um, so they've kind of checked them out. If you're into movies, uh, they they are they're kind of to help me. They put films on my radar that would not be there, like whether it's old, foreign. They really know their stuff and uh, very very good voice to Clint Gage. The mm-hmm. guy who voices things for Cinefix. IGN makes him voice other things too to make it sound more legit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's what I got holding. We got Ghostbusters Afterlife next week. Apparently yes. it's all right. Yep. Well, we'll be the judge of that. I heard Blake <laughs> in the background. He's meow. Yeah, Blake. Hey, buddy. Yeah, so we'll do Ghostbusters Afterlife next week. I think after that it's Encanto um something like Man-canto. that yeah Man-canto. um 
but we we are quickly approaching the, the very busy December month, which I'm and very excited for. And then we'll be into uh, Oscar bait season pretty soon. Yeah. Honestly, pretty good seasons for movies, even though Janu- yeah. January will probably have a lot more, like, Oscar Crap. bait that's released. Uh, maybe Oscar bait that's released on, like, streaming, which is kind of what happened last year. So we'll see. Yeah, I can't wait to compile a top 10 list movie, the top 10 movie list of the year and then have none of my actual favorite movies of the year on there because <laughs> I don't see them until February and March of the next <laughs> year. Yeah, like we Morbius. should just. I, <laughs> I think we we should just do our top movies around the Oscar season. Yeah, maybe. That seems, I don't know, pros and cons. Pro and cons, as they say in the Red Notice tra- poster. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> all right, Holden, take us home. Uh, yeah, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at toppodcast at gmail.com or donating to our Patreon Jimmy, I was told we have a new request this week. <laughs> we do. It was from one of those Sutter boys, Xander. I uh, can't remember what it was. Uh, it's <laughs> Hausu. It, it was what? Hausu. Hausu. That's how you say it. Uh, from, in, in the U.S., it was just called House. 1977. Yeah. Um, so clearly uh, a very lacking year in cinema. Nothing important. Ir- irrelevant came out in the year 1977 in movies as we all know what what did i don't actually know what you're joking about <laughs> did star wars come out star wars came out okay. in 1977. <laughs> well you wouldn't know because the rise of skywalker is your favorite and the only relevant movie yeah uh, in yeah. your opinion for the star wars franchise no i i have actually i've wanted to watch house for it's apparently just a very bizarre japanese horror comedy movie so i'm i'm kind of excited for that to be on our docket i am excited to go pee because i've had to go pee for the last 30 minutes so okay well i think we're done jimmy so you can probably do that all right i'm going to take this very seriously in a few seconds but adios pantalones love you